0: Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska Podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Ecclesiastes 1 and 9. Now, I'm going to set this up, and I this might be a two-part or a three-part message. I do not know, but let me just set this up. Ecclesiastes 1 and 9 says, in the New International Version, what has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. If you would take your Bible, please, and turn back to Genesis chapter 3. And I believe it's verse 5. Let me look. Okay, so this is the fall of man, Genesis three. Are you all there? Say, woo! All right. Now the serpent is more crafty, verse one, and the other wild animals. Okay, and he says, Did God really say that's always what the devil does you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of uh eat from the tree in the garden? Let me read that again. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? It's totally what the devil does. He's always twisting scripture all the time. That's what he does when he's lying. He's speaking his native language. Verse two, the woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God, but God did say you must not eat from the fruit of the tree that's in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it. Isn't that just like us? Because that's not what God said. God said, don't eat from it, but he didn't say anything about touching it. So apparently you could touch it, but she exaggerated. That's just like some of you ladies. Amen. It's just like some of you men. You thought I was going to get in trouble, but I'm smart. I might have fallen off a turnip truck, but it wasn't yesterday. Or you will die. Everybody say, or you will die. Say it, or you will die. You will surely not die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows, listen closely now, verse five, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Like who? God. Go to Genesis in chapter six. Woo. Ah. Crazy thing is they already are like God. You are made in God's image. You have your God's representative. Clearly, the devil's a liar. Come on, somebody say the devil is a liar. Genesis chapter 6. This is from Sunday night. Now, I cannot treat this given the time and the direction of the Holy Spirit wants me to go. I cannot treat this whole text uh, the way it needs to be treated, but I did it Sunday night but I left large gaps that I pray through your discernment and uh, uh, wisdom would be able to fill some of those things in. I, I, I got to say this. I'm not here to teach and preach to you some cute little thing. I don't have anything cute to say. I'm here to prepare you for the age that's to come. I'm, I'm here to equip you for the work of ministry I am anointed to snatch the binky. Can I say that? Is it a binky? Is that what it is? All the Is it's called a binky. I'm anointed to snatch the binky out of your mouth. God wants to speak to you. It's time to, you know, grow up. Come on, someone say it's time to grow up. Come on, say it's time to wake up. God's on the throne and the devil been defeated. God's on the throne and... Okay, all right, all right. We might go there. If it gets too heavy, we will pull that out. And if we we go too deep, we drowned, then we'll start singing that song, come back up for air, all right? Because that which has been will be again. There's nothing new under the sun. And what the devil's been trying to do for millennium, he's doing again. And, And he's setting the world up. And I don't want you to be ignorant of his devices. I want you to be mature. I want you to see, really, to have your spiritual eyes open tonight to see the hour in which we live. Now, this is not a be-all, to end-all message on Genesis 11, but I do believe I might teach you something new. Genesis 6, again, you want the full, which is not the full message, but it'll be fuller than what I give you right now. In review, Genesis 6, let's read it. Men began to increase in numbers on the earth, Daughter and daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful. They married them of they, whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always contend with man forever, for he is mortal. The 120 years, look at verse 4, Nephilim were on the earth in those days, also afterward... When the sons of God, listen closely, when the sons of God went to the daughters of men and had children by them, they were the heroes of old, men of renown. Everybody say renown. All right, men of, of the name, renown. And you know the rest of it, I believe. God judges the earth and he destroys everything with a flood. That text, the sons, of, the sons of God has been talked about being the, the line of Seth, but that doesn't really line up. And again, if you want the fullness of this Sunday night, I believe it's on all of our platforms or soon will be, I think, by tomorrow. Is that right? Media people, would you wave at me? Is it up yet? I'm not sure what that means. A thumbs up. Very good. Thank you, sir. Let me read this to you, Jude 1 and 6, relating to that scripture. Uh, Let's let's just go to 2 Peter for the sake of time. 2 Peter 2. Quickly go there as I give you an introduction for Genesis 11, and then we'll, we'll preach and get into it. 2 Peter 2 and verse 4 says, For if God did not spare the angels who sinned but cast them down to hell, that particular word that you learned on Sunday night is what? Tartarus. Not tartar sauce. Tartarus. Everybody say tartarus. All right, and delivered into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. And God did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah. Well, there he ties it together. So that kind of breaks the the lineage of Seth program. Apparently, as I taught and preached to you, it seems that what happened, and in the end we'll know, you know, you got to be careful when you're preaching, when you're teaching. You say something's absolute, baby. You better say it's absolute. I, I, I believe this is what's happened. So it's possible. I'm incorrect. One thing's for sure. When we stand before the judgment seat, we'll all be uh, laid bare for everything we've taught and everything we've done. So that's why it's good to say, all of you preachers, it could be. Everybody say, it could be. It's possible. And certainly from this scripture, there are these angels that come, and the same thing that, that happened in the garden with Eve, they saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took. Saw, beautiful, took. When Eve saw the fruit, that it was good, she reached out, that's how, that's how sin happens. Saw, looks good, take it. That's, that's how sin happens, even today. So these angels selected these women and married them, and their offspring are these men of renown. Now, this is intense. Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bring in the flood of the world of the ungodly. So what happens is, now Genesis 11, we'll, we'll, we'll preach it here in a second. In Genesis 6, There is a corruption of all of mankind, almost, except for Noah. And the corruption comes on a genetic level. Why would that happen? Well, these demon demon angels, if you could just say, how come that, does that still happen, pastor? No, because those particular demon angels are in a place called Tartarus. And it's the only time it's used in all of the New Testament. It's not a normal hell. It's not nor, it's, it's not just hell. It's like a condo in hell. How many of you know what a condo is? You guys going to be hard to preach to tonight. If you amen and talk back, I preach way better. All right. Good. Okay. I know it's heavy. So there's this corruption that takes place and the Lord's like, this can't happen because the seed of the woman is gonna bring forth the Messiah. It's called the proto evangelum And mankind is about to be corrupted. And literally, it's like an assignment on Jesus early. If I could, are you following me? All right. And so a flood takes place and Noah escapes, builds a boat. Nobody ever heard about that? They never saw rain. I take encouragement from Noah. Somebody said, you've got to be a professional. It's the first boat he ever built. Just got to obey God. Genesis 11 now. Now, I, I shared some unusual things uh, on Sunday night, and you'll have to go and listen to that about CRISPR technology. And that's all I'll say about that. For now. Are you ready? Good. Stand up if you're able. Genesis 11. Uh, This is the funnest title I've ever given. Nimrodian Futility is the name of my message. Nimrodian Futility. You're like, what? I know. Hopefully it'll get some hits and more people listen to it. Amen. Okay, now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As men moved eastward, they found a plain of Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens. Reaches to where? The heavens, it's very important. So that we may make a name. Make a what? Name for ourselves. And not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down. I just love that right there. It's like Sarcastic. <laughs> uh, no, it's really funny. You guys obviously don't get it. So I'm going to help you, all right? So they're like, let's make for ourselves a tower. And the Lord's like, what are they saying? I think we better go down there.
1: Let us make for ourselves a tower.
0: And I'm like, I, it's, it's, it's hysterical. It's like Jewish humor. So the Lord came down. It's very funny. Maybe you'll get it on the way home. So the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building. And the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth. And they stopped building the city. That is why the place is called Babel, because the Lord confused their language, which is also hysterical in Hebrew, which I will talk about here in just a bit. Confuse their language of the one of the whole world. Final verse. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Father, move in power, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Nimrodian futility. So if you think I'm making that up, I'm not. Actually, there is Nimrodian aspirations. And the the best example of Nimrodian aspirations is Hitler's Germany. Nazism was a perfect example of Nimrodian aspirations, which are futile. There was a unique architectural find uh, in uh, that part of the world uh, where they discovered. I think it was in the 19th century. It was a group of German archaeologists. I'm gonna give you some. I'm gonna give you some meat. All right, so just hang in there. They made this remarkable find in Babylon, and it's this temple exists, only the ruins now, is located about 90, 90 kilometers, 56 miles south of Baghdad in Iraq. And it is suggested that it is the very place of the Tower of Babel. The base of this thing is 50 feet high. They said that, uh, they said that it's seven stories. Possibly the original tower is 300 feet high. And it was a ziggurat. It went up like, like cakes. You know, it had levels. And what many scholars believe, it was, a, it was an ancient temple. And it had a name that I can't pronounce, but if you're astute student taking notes, E-T-A-M-E-N-A-G-E-E, which means the house or foundation of heaven. So what does that mean? That's weird. It is weird, isn't it? Evidence of the temple goes all the way back to 225, uh, 225 B.C. It was destroyed and rebuilt many times, they believe. Babylonian culture, they saw that place as the gate of God, the gateway of God. Now, what's interesting, Why well, I said it was funny, Babel means... Confusion in Hebrew. And we know it as, oh, of course, that's a place of confusion. But Babel in the Arcadian language means the gate of God. And it's funny because you think that's the gate of God? You're totally confused. So when they took the word Babel as in Hebrew, it means confusion. But in the Arcadian language, the language of the people that built it, it meant the gateway of God. God's funny. I said, God's got a sense of humor. Common misunderstanding. Did anybody ever, you ever read like flannel graph stories? A common misunderstanding was that the flood came and everybody escaped the flood in the tower. And that, that's not true. Does anybody ever heard that? That's totally biblically inaccurate. All right, Sunday school teacher needs uh, to be reformed. What God did and why. Well, the first thing it says right here is, is he came down. Are you all there? I'm going to teach you and then I'm going to end up preaching to you and then we're going to have revival. You ready? God came down. They built this tower. But the Lord came down. It, it really is humorous. It's sarcastic. And, and he, doesn't, he doesn't knock down the tower, which is kind of like what we would do. Stop that. No, he doesn't do that. He leaves the tower and confuses their ability to make another one. He, he brings confusion. He's, he, he confuses their language, and actually, uh, without that, they, they wouldn't be able to continue to do the evil that they were doing on that level. So he confused their language. And understand why God did what he did. To understand it, it's tied to this guy, Nimrod. Now, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, there was a scuba company that made fins and snorkel gear and spear guns and everything, and it was Nimrod Scuba Company. And that's because they saw Nimrod as a mighty hunter, which, which it says. We're not sure what he hunted. We actually think it's men. You would think it's fish. No, it's far more evil than that. So there's this guy, Nimrod, and and so if you were, you know, if you were a Nimrod, you were a mighty hunter. But actually, in, de, in the in the dictionary, Nimrod was an idiot. It was a fool. You're a Nimrod. I thought, come on. Hmm. You'd have to go, go turn in your Bibles back one chapter. This is a table of nations. And and to study this is so profound. Every nation comes out of this. In fact, I'm going to say that the entirety of the the, the book of Genesis, the first 11 chapters of the book of Genesis, are foundational stones for your life. And if you don't understand those 11 chapters, you you, you need to study to show show yourself approved and understand them, because without understanding them, you're going to be missing some things. And I've preached uh, a series of messages after my spiritual father, our senior global pastor, he called it um, a firm foundation for life. He preached it in 2003, and it marked me significantly. I've preached it here in this church a number of times, but I can tell by the looks on your faces that you probably need it preached to you again. But there's nothing wrong with that because a good coach has practices, and you run drills, and you go over things, and you have calisthenics, and it's, it's a good thing. So maybe, maybe we'll go back into it fully, but we'll see. So the table of nations, all of the nations, comes out of here. This is the account, verse 1, of Shem, Ham, and Jephthah, Noah's sons, who themselves had sons after the flood. And it begins to account all of these nations. This guy, Cush, go to verse 8. These are the Hamites.
1: <laughs> it's funny, dude.
0: You can laugh. Hamites. Ham, <laughs> I think she's getting touched by the Lord. Ham, okay, get touched by the Lord, all right. Ham was the one who saw his father's nakedness. How many of you know this? You know the story. How many of you not gonna raise your hand no matter what happens tonight? So Ham... I got to pray for myself because I have, I have too much information swirling around. So I'm just going to pray for a minute. Lord, I can spin off in a hundred directions. There's so much here. God, help me like a bronze-tipped arrow. Sharpen the heart of the king's enemies. Anoint me to say what you want me to say in the moments that remain. Help me, oh God, in Jesus' name. Noah gets drunk, they say, because fermentation happened differently because the canopy, I'm just going to say stuff. If you don't know it, then you can learn later. The, the canopy had, had broken and things would ferment differently. That's one argument for a righteous man getting drunk. So he gets drunk and Ham walks backward. Uh, pardon me, Ham sees his father's nakedness, but in Hebrew, it doesn't really mean that. It's not like he looked. You know, you open the bathroom door on somebody. Oh, so sorry. Like, Don't you hate that? Lock the door for God's sake! Come on, somebody say, amen. amen. So it's not like, "Oh, sorry, Dad." That's that's not what that's what it is. His father's laid out naked, and Ham comes in and does something. So that's what it means. He saw his father naked, but see, he did something to his father. Okay, so he goes and tells his brothers. His brothers walk backwards with a garment and throw it over Noah, and Ham ends up getting cursed. Noah curses Ham. And from the Hamites come all of the detestable practices of the Canaanites, come from the, from the Hamites. So the, all the descendants of Ham are basically a cursed line, you know. And he said, well, What if I'm a descendant of Ham? Get born again, get saved. Start a new line. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Say a better amen. amen. All right, so don't pigeonhole yourself and say, well, I've just come from a cursed family. Well, you, It's up to you. So if you look at Cush, Cush is in the lineage of Ham, and Cush is the father of Nimrod. And by the way, does anybody know what the main sin of the, of the, of the Canaanites was? It was sexual sin. All right, so sin is, can be passed down. So if you understand why God did what he did in confusing the language and destroying what they were doing is tied to this guy Nimrod, right? They were spread out all over the world. That's, that's the plan. In fact, it's Genesis 9. It's, it's almost like he's talking to another Adam, Go, be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth. He sends them out, but they don't go out, do they? No, they don't. They, they don't spread out. They don't want to spread out. The command is to spread out, but they don't. And so they begin to gather. And what's fascinating is they head towards east, and that's significant because that's where Eden was. They moved towards a congr- the, the the mass amount of people. They're not moving out in obedience to spreading to spreading the the humanity to cover the earth, they begin to gather and they don't want to obey the command to be fruitful and multiply the way the Lord wants to. Do you see that? Okay, do you see it? Okay. So they head towards east. And they begin to congregate in mass. And they they come to this place, basically Babylon. Nimrod was a builder. He built a city. But he's not an average builder. In fact... uh, Nimrod is most likely tied to, now this is a cut and paste right out of Dr. Morocco's uh, notes right here. Nimrod is likely tied to Nimutura, the god of war and hunting, whose title was Lugal Maradia or King of Marad, in great strength. It also becomes Marduk, the, the main god of the Babylonian. Is that significant? It is significant. Just hang in there. And so this is typical, really, of great leaders. Great leaders are many times made into gods. But in actual fact, this particular great leader, this mighty hunter before the Lord, you see where it says before the Lord? Come on, hang in there. I'm trying to teach you something. Before the Lord is, it's like not with the Lord, it's before him. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. It's kind of like, a great, the great the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah came up before the Lord. That's a good example, before the Lord. And so he's this hunter, but it's not like, oh yeah, he's got skills. Yeah, no, the, 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 it's, it's a, an evil thing. And it was wicked before the Lord. And so Nimrod builds this tower, the city and a tower, an attempt basically to raise here's where it's going to get fun. A universal ruler of men. Now, I'm not making this stuff up. This is simple theological truth found in almost every single uh, commentary. You can read this. Nimrod is a type of antichrist. But what I think is fascinating is his attempt seemingly with this tower, and I'll get to it, to create a portal to, to have union with demonic power. Just like in the garden, just like in Genesis 6, there's nothing new under the sun. The Antichrist is foreshadowed. I could preach a whole series on the whole rest of this, but I'm just going to touch seven of them quickly. Nimrod's name means rebel. Second Thessalonians, the lawless one. That's one. Two. He was to lead a revolt against God, which is what's really happening in verse nine. He's leading a revolt against God. Hey, don't go around there. Come on, let's gather. Let's, let's not do it. Come on, let's gather. Let's build a city. And they, they revolt. It's a revolt against God. And, and an attempt to worship him. Daniel eleven thirty six. 36, the willful king. Number three, four times of, in the text is is Mighty. Is used of him. Second Thessalonians 2 9, mighty miracles of, of um, false miracles, signs, and wonders. He's a hunter, and again, probably a hunter of men, relating to Psalm 5 and verse 6. Nimrod was the king of Babel and Daniel 11, the Antichrist is also called king. These are analogies tying to the Antichrist. Nimrod's headquarters are in Babylon. Guess whose headquarters are also in Babylon? King of Babylon, Isaiah fourteen four, Revelation chapter 17. And Nimrod's supreme desire was to make a name, which is exactly what the Antichrist wants to do. And it's a type and shadow of the preparation that we're now in that I hope you're not participating in. There's a whole setup for the one world government. said, you're freaking me out. I'm glad. I, don't, I mean, I don't want you to go into fear, but you don't want to be ignoramus either. God's on the throne, and the devil's been defeated. God's on the throne, and the
1: devil's been defeated. God's on the throne, and the devil's been defeated. <laughs> hey, God's on the throne, and the devil's been defeated. God's God's on the throne. <inaudible> defeated. 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 Come on, shout to God all across. Come on, shout in Samoa. Come on, lift your hands. Don't get freaked out. God is on the throne. But you don't want to be blind. You don't want to be dead. You you don't want to be
0: ignorant. Don't be a Nimrod. Come on, tell your neighbor, don't be a Nimrod. Perfect. Thank you, Minister Micah. If you're offended, that's Minister Micah. And you can email him at Micah at, I forget the rest of it, sort of. The end of the age, there's going to come an Antichrist. And many believe that he's alive already at this time. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I, I, don't really, uh, I don't really try to figure that out. I just try to be led by the Spirit every single day. I mean, that's really what I'm, I try to be led by the Spirit every day. And I know that God will lead and guide and direct us if we just keep our hearts pure Love God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul and strength. And don't be ignorant. There's just such a setup. I'm just going to tell you, it's one of the reasons I don't like doing something that they're going to try to make me do. I don't like that. Why? Because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Christian first. Then I'm a, I'm a part of the United States of America. You tell me I can't do something, then I, I might ask you why that is. It just makes me want to buck. Buck, I said. And I know I'm not the only one. That's why you bunch of crazies are all up in here tonight. There are some times where you have to throw off tyrannical leadership. And that's why we we became the United States of America. All right. So literally this Nimrod is declaring himself to be the immortal god who would bring hideous chaos and evil. It's really what he what he tries to do. But God comes down and scatters it. That's why Nimrodian futility. I'm just going to tell you, it does not matter not one bit what the antichrist with the devil plan his plans won't work they won't work they won't work come on god's gonna come through there's gonna be a, there's a massive revival that's breaking out all over the world even here in alaska i believe that with all my heart come on this is the yeah, the finest hour for the churches here I love what that one pastor said in Afghanistan when he could have come out and he wasn't going to come out with the American troops. He said, I'm staying. This is our finest hour in Afghanistan. We're going to reach the lost. Well, that's that's no hireling there. He definitely didn't go there to get an offering, did he? We don't have that kind of folks that just come here to get an offering either, but there are those that are out there that do that. The tower was a gate into supernatural, into the supernatural. With Nimrod being seen as a as a as a living god. So, where do you get that? Verse four: Come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top reaches the heavens. Samaim in in the Hebrew. The idea is to get the, heavenly. I mean, that, that word, you go and study that word, It's uh, it, it can mean all of creation. Uh, the Apostle Paul talks about three heavens. The first heaven is the one we're in. Everybody say you're in heaven right now. It doesn't feel like heaven. Okay, but this is earth. Then there's the second heavens. Anybody know what that is? That's where all the spiritual warfare, angels, demons, there's war there. Then there's a third heaven, which is the heaven of heavens. That's where God's throne is. Their attempt is to reach up to the heavens and somehow tap into supernatural power. See, there's demon power. There's the power of God. It's the power of your own human
1: spirit. Did you know that?
0: Back in your notes, man is overstepping his limits. I talked a little bit about CRISPR technology, and I told the funny stories about my meat birds, which got a lot of traction. People enjoyed that. Meat birds were terrifying. Heard you can get these birds, and they become like 20 pounds in like eight weeks or some insane thing. They didn't tell you they'll chew off one of your legs if you let them. (laughs) And they're, they're engineered. They're, they're genetically engineered. And there's a lot of genetically engineered things right now, right? So, you know, that, that seems like it might have some good, um, yeah, some good possibilities. I mean, wouldn't it be great if you got rid of Alzheimer's? Wouldn't it be great? But where do you draw the line? So you just, um, where do you draw the line on that? Because what ends up happening is,
1: well, I'm preaching it to you. You, you can't, listen, cloning's not right. I don't, personally.
0: I don't, I don't think you can start messing with creation. man. I don't think you can make man on your own and then be all right with God. I don't mean the normal way. I have lots of kids. Amen. And all the married people said, Righteous people ought to have a lot of kids, and you know infertility—you're not able to get pregnant, whatever. I mean, I, but I'm saying, really, begin to mess with DNA through this thing called CRISPR technology is a little concerning to me. More than a little, man oversteps his limits here, and God intervenes—the abandoning of God's will for their own. Very simply tonight. God is speaking to us. Really, he is. And he's speaking to us in many different ways. One, there is only one way to be made right with God. And Jesus said in John 10, most assuredly I say to you, that he who enters by the, does not enter by the sheepfold door, but climbs up by some other way is a thief and a robber. You see what, nimrod was doing what they were doing was not spreading out not being not multiplying being fruitful in the earth they weren't obeying god's command they united made a tower to basically enter into the heavens to have a portal to make a god for themselves to let heaven come down through this one world ruler it's the same thing that's happening today or in attempting to happen or being set up to happen come on don't be a nimrod what do you mean? Oh, of course I'm not. You, the only way to make it to heaven is not by some tower. It's by the way, the truth, the life. It's by the gate. It's Jesus is the gate. And there's power in agreement. You can't get away from that. You know, that our building over there that we're building, the reason that's been able to be done is because we have somehow, by a miracle act of God, have kept ourselves in agreement. And we've had from time to time, people say, "I can't I, I, it's too big. I don't want to do that. I can't go to church here anymore." And we say, "Well, OK, let me bless you, there's a lot of other great churches, and there is. And, uh, and some have left and come back, and some have left and not come back, some have moved away. some, it's just like too much. I mean
1: how many offerings are you going to take? You don't have to give, just pray. Amen.
0: I got a news from the property. We needed to put asphalt down so we could get, get occupancy. However, the professional opinion is from the quote-unquote, "best asphalt company in the state says, "Don't do it. Wait. You need to let this settle a little bit more in some places. If you do it, it's a little premature, you could have some problems. So guess what we did? We waited. Guess what else all happened? We were able to get a certificate of occupancy without it. Somebody say, praise the Lord. And so we're first on the docket to put the asphalt down as soon as spring comes, but it's not going to keep us from moving in. I think we ought to say hallelujah one more time. Cause that's, that was the big concern. It wasn't like I want to asphalt so I could ride, you know, pastor Gill's longboard, which I am going to do. I'm looking forward to that. I did want to do that, but really the reason is so we can move in and get occupancy. And apparently it's not a problem. So we're very happy about that. There's power in agreement. One of the things that's difficult in culture and in our nation is when there's agreement for evil, it's harder to break. When there's agreement for good and for God, especially over His word, then nothing can stop the people that believe, the people of God that believe and stand on His word, act on His word, move in faith, stay in agreement. Nothing can break that. One of the things I love about kings around the world is we have the great joy. Of, of serving the Lord together in agreement. We don't have strife. You don't? Well, not for long, because we fix it. Amen. Listen, don't ever let the enemy get you over into strife. How did that happen? Well, uh, I'll give you an example, real life example. Got a phone call yesterday. Got a phone call yesterday from a man in our church who was witnessing to another man in a business in the valley. He said, I am never going to Kings, ever. Ever. Right? Why? Here's this whole story. Here's here's the story that happens. So the guy from our church calls me. Says, Pastor, I was so upset. You know, I was just grieved. Uh, can I give you his number? I said, Please. Guess who I called today? Didn't even less than twenty four hours. I'm talking to him. Find out what happened. Well, it's not exactly like I first heard it. And we began to talk and pray. It involved his mother. It's, and a child and just some different things and older son. So in talking, we got to we got to mostly the end of it, and and I, I don't think it's a founded thing, but it seems that the enemy got involved. Why? To keep thirty people out of church. That's why. Yeah, what, what, yeah because if you're like I'm not going there, and then the church is just man, a church has got issues. I'm not
1: going to any church. That's what people get hurt. So how do you how do you resolve that?
0: It's a Hawaiian saying, it's pigeon. If no talk, no can hear. <laughs> you talk. And I was so grateful that they were willing to talk and were able to process it. And I expect they're going to be coming to church. That's how you do it. If you don't confront stuff in your... Listen, I'm bringing it home. If you don't confront stuff in your family, you don't confront stuff with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, you don't
1: confront stuff with the government... If you don't confront stuff in a church, you don't confront stuff in a business, then you're going to have the devil involved. You have to loving it. You who are spiritual, restore such a one. We have to speak.
0: Minister Micah has always been so gracious with me. I can be difficult to work for. I know that you probably find that hard to imagine. There's been times I've hurt my staff. Not, not, not meaning to. You know, if you meant to, then there's really, you need deliverance. You're trying to hurt people. wasn't on purpose. Over all the 10 years. 12 years. But I'll tell you, one of the things that you keep, that you've done all these years is that you, just a pastor, that's not what happened. And and we were able to work it out. We're family. Came here and you were like 15 years old. Youngest member of the staff at 15. You moved here, you're like 15, right? 20, 21, something like that. Same thing. (laughs) Keep talking, keep communicating. I mean, do everything you can to keep agreement, be in agreement and furthermore, be in agreement with God's word. If you're in agreement with God's word, then you're gonna end up blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed going in, blessed going out, you're gonna be blessed. You must have agreement in your family. I, I just talked about this. I hate to bring it up again, but my, my daughter had COVID and like COVID, like can't get out of bed. She's in a brand new apartment, like one mattress on a floor. She moved in, tried to just weak, moving in on Friday, lie down, can't get up. That kind of sick. No dishes, no nothing. And Pastor Karen's like, I am going to our daughter. I'm like, amen. Except the Lord says, no, she's not going. And so I'm like, okay. I guess can I go then? I'm gonna go. Nope, you're not going either. I'm like what? Like that doesn't even make sense. And so I pray to make sure I'm hearing from God, and I am. But Mama Bear, listen, it's a miracle. I'm standing before you right now. Don't, don't you, don't you get in front, don't you get in the way of, of, of a mom and her chicks. Don't you do it. And, we, and, that, and she delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed, and it came to a Friday. We had a word in the morning. It's all turning. God's going to heal her, and she's going to come through the other side. It's all going to work out, except it got worse that day. Oxygen level dropping. It's my, it's my, my daughter. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Somebody like, I'm going to go and help her, even if I had to get COVID again or whatever. But I don't know. I already had it, but I don't know. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what I'm saying? Okay. So mom's going. So Friday comes. We're looking at plane tickets. I've got no peace. I was like, do not do it. She's like, I'm going. (laughs) I'm like, book the tickets. I'm like, okay, well, all right. We'll see you after church. She heads off to do youth, and I didn't book the tickets. You know why? Because I don't have to obey my wife like that. If God speaks to me to do something, I'm going to obey the Lord. Please don't hear me wrong. We mutually submit and prefer one another. I don't drive over my wife with a bus and make her do stuff that she doesn't want to do. But you have to learn to, you have to ebb and flow in in marriage. And very few times do I have to put, I don't care what we eat. I don't care what color it is. I don't care what couches we have, generally speaking. But when I do care, oh, I care. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? How do we get on all that? Well, it's only 824. Why don't you lift your hands to Jesus? Come on. Come on, lift your hands to Jesus. Thank you. Awesome. Wherever that came from, you're paying attention. Be in agreement. Now, she knows that we don't ever do anything out of agreement. But she tried to strong arm me for a second, which I, I mean, I was in tears. I was weeping. We're both weeping. And, I, and so she left, and I'm like, come on, God, she should go. Come on, right? He's like, no. Oh, hallelujah, Lord, I love you. Change your mind right now. God, come on, she can go right now. How about now? Can she go now? No, that's how that is. And then you just, you work it through, and you talk to the Lord, and you pray, and, and then you go to sleep, and you wake up. How about now? Can we go now? Nope. You know what happened? She had lost her taste, lost her smell, all that COVID-19 stuff. I won't ask you to raise your hand. in the herd. And I don't mean to mock because people have died and we grieve over that and we're we're saddened by that and we weep with those who weep. I'm convinced the enemy tried to take my daughter and it turned around on that Friday night at 11 o'clock in Missouri. She said, dad, I don't know what happened. All of a sudden it changed. I got my smell back, got my taste back, and everything turned around. I felt good, and I, I was talking to Doctor Remedios. He said that doesn't happen. He said you get your smell back and your taste in one fell swoop—very, very rare. I don't think I can ever recall that. With thousands of patients, it was God. And guess what? Pastor Karen didn't have to go, except she wanted to go this past week, and I got a clear from, and I got the clear from the Lord. So we put her on a plane, and she took off. Be in agreement. Come on, somebody say, be in agreement. If you're not in agreement, you're in trouble. Matthew 18, 19, if two of you agree concerning anything in earth, it will be done. It will be done. It will, if two or two of you agree concerning anything in the earth, it will be done by my Father which is in heaven. I mean, that's tremendous authority. You ought to do everything you can
1: to stay in agreement and when you're not, work it. Everybody say work it. Work it so that you end up in agreement. Agree to disagree. She wanted to go. I didn't want her to go. She's not going.
0: I guess I won, sort of. Really, it's the Lord that won. Still feels like I won, though, so hallelujah. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> you, have to, you have to contend for agreement. Move your life into agreement. Move your life into agreement in the word. In church, you gotta be in agreement. Gotta be in agreement in vision. Let me read this to you Philippians 2. Therefore, if there's any consolation, Can I have keys, please. That'll help people think that I'm closing. <laughs> it's like, oh, the key, the key guy's up. Okay, great. Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, being of one mind. Wow. Let nothing be done out of selfish ambition. Don't be a nimrod or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ, who being the very form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant coming in the likeness of men. Please get the principle of agreement down in your life. The second thing is we're all threatened by nimrodism, self-sufficiency. Self-sufficiency. We're all threatened by the sin of Babel, the sin of self-sufficiency. I'm, I'm very thankful I have certain challenges that are on one level like a ham being hamstrung. Just it's just certain challenges I'm really aware of. They, but, it, but it's great on another level. You know why? So I really need a lot of help. Anybody else need a lot of help? Who needs the most help? Right, because you've got a pride problem. That's why you're raising your hand. You need the, I'm I'm teasing I'm I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm teasing. <laughs> Minister David told me to say that. You need help? That's a good thing. Interdependency with God. I've told this story before of a Dr. Morocco here, and I was struggling with the fact I felt like I couldn't preach hardly any any unique thoughts. Like pastor i like want to write a book and and like everything i say somebody else has said i don't have any unique ideas i don't have any original thoughts and he looks at me and says no one does i said really he's like yeah don't worry about it just bring the thoughts just trust god just bring them as god gives them to you it's okay i thought oh okay it's very liberating there's no self-made men, women. We need each other. We all need each other. When we think we can do it ourselves, you know, it's it's not good. It's it's sin. We have a culture where secular humanism is pushed on every front. Power of the mind. And you know, God, God wants you to be interdependent upon him. We're living at the end of time. Please understand and know we are living at the end of time. And uh, humorously, I say from another preacher I heard long ago, this is the last generation. And even if you don't think it is, it is your last generation because you are going to die. I'm going to die also one day. I'm shooting for 120. In fact, we read it. I'm going to go 120 years. Healthy, preaching, praying, prophesying. Amen. We need each other. You know what's a beautiful thing? As I've been a part of this church, I first came in this church in 1992, a broken young man. Uh, and, and I mean like really broken. And over the course of time, I bounced out a couple years here, a couple years there, but I've been here basically since then. And I have developed relationships for almost 30 years 30 years walking with people in agreement seeing the kingdom of God be released walking with with Dr. Morocco a man of integrity and a man of prayer a man of great wisdom he's a man, I don't worship him but he's faithful and I can go on and list just in my own personal life, from staying here this long, I've, I, I see this incredible army that God has raised that I somehow am a part of, and I see all of you being a part of it too. You know, it's a great thing to have someone who you can lean on.
1: Lean on me. When you're not strong, now be your friend. Lord, it won't be long. I'm gonna need somebody to lean on. You gotta talk, huh? When you need, come on, lean on somebody.
0: section all in right here somewhere. Worship team, come on up. we are living at the end of time. We need each other, interdependence. Satan's strategy is the bringing forth of the Antichrist. And that's who Nimrod represents. I think I've made that pretty clear. A universal one world system. and It's going to come into play faster than anybody can possibly imagine. Are you scared? I am not not afraid of death. I'm not afraid of the future because I've entrusted my life to the one who's worthy of trust. Don't ever be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. He's able to help you, able to lead you, able to guide you. I'm not afraid of the devil. I have a fear of the Lord. The devil's underneath my feet. The key is keeping him there by living holy, taking authority, living in agreement. The Antichrist will be manifested. Satan will manifest his power through a one world ruler. How close are we? Closer than when we first believed. Just as God confused language and foiled the plans of the enemy, the enemy's plans will be foiled for sure. Although many will be deceived and led astray. God's plan, write in your notes God's plan is to be filled. With the Spirit, confused a language at Babel, and united the church in an upper room through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, God is able to do miracles. Don't be, don't be a Nimrod. It's it's futile to try to do things on your own. Some of you tried. I mean, it is kind of an Alaska trait, and it, and it can be a good one, you know on a certain level. But if you take it too far, then that's no good at all. Thank God you can do the deal and hold the bail and do whatever you got to do when there's no one around and make it through. But God's design is for us to move in agreement to populate the earth with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I also want to say that it says God came down as a picture of God coming down. Now, it's a picture of the return of Christ, but it's also a picture of the first advent. Advent mean meaning first coming. First... Jesus, being born of a virgin, God came down. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to King's Alaska Podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com.